Okay, we're rolling. How's life? How's everything cool. going? Uh, it's been pretty good. I'm I'm trying to prepare for my move in November because I'm planning to move to Spain. So bold move. Prepping for that. Yeah, I'm excited though. Yeah, um, I I was listening to one of your videos. Uh the video where you talked about that. I was going on a binge just in preparation for this episode. Usually I don't prep much, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Why Spain? I, everyone always asks that question. I honestly just wanted to go anywhere. I didn't really mm-hmm. care where I went. And I'm doing this, uh, or I'm getting TEFL certified so I can teach English as a foreign language. Okay, that's smart. And um, I was just looking at countries and the cost of living compared to how much you can make from teaching English. And that seemed like a pretty good option in terms of how much you can make. So I just went with it. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about like Barcelona, Madrid? Madrid. Oh. Okay. Those are the two only two cities I know. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just know because of the soccer teams, but I'm not a big soccer fan either. I, I've, I'm... A big hobby of mine is just looking on Google Maps and like scrolling around. I wouldn't say it's a big hobby of mine. It makes me sound like a dork. (laughs) But I just, I don't know. I like looking at B-level cities, like underrated cities, kind of. Okay, okay. How do you do that? You just go to Google Maps? I just scroll around. Yeah, if there's like five buildings that are somewhat tall with like a population of, of a couple hundred thousand, I'm like, all right, this is, there's something here. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. I never thought of trying that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of... I look at the U.S. just because there's more cities than, say, Canada, where I'm at. And mm-hmm. I just scroll through, like, random cities, like um, Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, I uh, heard that's really nice. Yeah. New Orleans isn't necessarily small, but mm-hmm. um, Asheville, North Carolina... Places like Nashville. Nashville's not big, but it's somewhat, or it's big, but it's kind of under the radar a little bit. Um, I don't know, just random places. Like, I are there any that you've like surprised or were surprised by on Google Maps, and now you want to visit? Um, I want to go to Quebec City, just see what that's like. But other than that, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I just my, my thing is just like randomness. Just gotcha. plop there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Just chaos. No, well, not necessarily chaos, but don't have a plan. I think that's when the best memories are created. Mm. So you like to travel kind of spontaneously, you're thinking? Yeah, kind of. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Just have no plan. It doesn't work for everybody, but for me, that's just kind of how I roll. Mm. even the show like I don't I just we'll see what happens I I'm awkward at starting it but once I find my footing in a conversation then usually it's it's good Mm. but yeah I just keeping things spontaneous is fun yeah I think sometimes over planning stuff can really take the fun out of stuff Mm -hmm. so how long have you been doing this podcast for since the end of April last year okay but then I got on YouTube, like, I want to say May 9th or 10th. I don't, I don't really remember. If you go to the, I have to go to the about section on my YouTube channel to remember, but like late May, I'll just say May. So it gives me like, it seems like I've been doing it for a lot less. So the growth is a bit Mm. more impressive. 
I see. Yeah. Just shaving off two weeks. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty tired right now. So if this has been awkward, uh, I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, Usually no, I'm more cool. alert. Why are you tired? Uh, I just went to like the gym for a bit, you know, not trying to flex or anything. Nothing too impressive, but usually I'm more alert, but yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm running on low sleep too. So yeah, you're goes. writing, you're writing your second book, right? I am. Yeah. How's that been? It's been pretty good. I really underestimated how much work I would have to do in terms of editing. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of rushing right now. I've been staying up super late every night working on it. Um, because I already have the publication date set. So I have a lot of deadlines to meet, but so it's a little bit stressful, but it's been fun. Are you self-publishing or do you have like a publishing deal? I'm self-publishing, but, uh, well, I have my own publishing house that I run. Yeah. I saw that. Like, how do you do that? How do you manage all these things? Uh, well, right now it's been rough because my publishing house is like just getting off the ground right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on editing my book and prepping for my own publication but then I'm also working with um another author on getting her book finished as well Mm -hmm. and two other people who are their publication is kind of far off in the future but I'm working with them too so it's I'm still trying to figure out the time management situation because it definitely takes a lot of time to read through so many books I feel like I'm constantly reading yeah the last book I read was the Matthew McConaughey biography. And then I said I was going to read another book, but then I didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my relationship with reading. I was on a reading tear like three years ago. But uh-huh. actually, the reason I found your channel was one night I was like, you know what? I'll just let me let me see if I can write a book. I, I'm really? Not, yeah, I'm not going to do okay. it. I, I'm like, I, I don't have any like ideas or any conviction or desire to. But I was just like, mm-hmm just you know? curious like as in a like one of those fail safe ideas oh yeah yeah I know exactly like, what you're talking about yeah <laughs> just one of those like I'll just you know see what happens screw it I'll put it on Amazon whatever or like yeah Amazon self-published and then I found your channel I was like oh you know this is you know value it's not somebody like how to write a book in five simple steps mm. it, it was just more realistic thank you I appreciate it yeah um I'm curious though, what was the first video, do you remember, that you found my channel by? I think it was the five myths of writing a novel. Oh, that video. <laughs> Why you don't like that video? I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of straying away from the writing advice category because mm. I'm, I don't know, I'm really skeptical of giving advice because I feel like everybody writes differently. Mm-hmm. So it, I kind of feel, it, it's, it's different from shoot, what's the term? Imposter sy- syndrome. I think it's, it's different from that, but I giving advice almost makes me feel like a fraud because not because I don't feel qualified, mm-hmm. but because I feel like it's not, it's not going to work for everyone. And it's just yeah. my opinion. So I, I, the whole thing is just kind of, uh, I'm not a giving advice, giving that type of stuff. Given get trying to like put out advice on the internet when you're young is a bold thing, just because of like lack of living life you know? Yeah. I just, you gotta, you gotta either really lack self-awareness or just have like a crazy life where you have a wealth of knowledge at a young age. If you want to like 
start, mm-hmm. you know, a motivational channel or just give any advice right. being young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's I why thought I'm, it's I'm... a joke, oh. like just to milk it. If I was going to write a book or something, I would write like a BS self-help book. Just like, so I would read that. <laughs> no, just as like a dumb, like the self-help grift, just, you know, write a book like that. And then, but I just, I, I write after, like, I don't understand how people write a book. Like, it's a lot. You don't think it's a lot, but then you write a paragraph and you're like, holy shit. I just kind of, I just wrote a paragraph. I, I now I have to write a hundred more pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- I don't know. I, I guess it depends on how much you enjoy it. Cause mm-hmm. for me, I just, I, don't. I, I love it. So it's, it's not yeah. a big deal for me, but I yeah. guess if you're, if you're like it, but okay. It's different from writing an essay for me though, because I hate English class with all of my soul. It's just horrible. <laughs> Fiction for me is a lot less tedious, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like writing a paragraph, in my opinion, doesn't take as much effort as like writing something in the nonfiction category. Yeah. How do, how do you like come up with your ideas? Do you have a like a system to coming up with ideas or is just like something random? It's just random. And then I just jot them down on my notes app. It's, I just mm-hmm. get a ton of random ideas to be honest. Do you think like, I'm going to write in a specific genre or you don't really care about what genre it is. And if the idea is aligned with that genre, you'll just write it. I don't think about genres. In fact, I'm more focused on the idea. And then later on while I'm writing it, I'm like, oh, I guess this would qualify as sci-fi, but I'm not usually thinking that beforehand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just like, if I like an idea and I'm excited about it, I take advantage of that and I start writing it. Is there a specific place for you where you find that like you're more creative? More creative. Uh, I usually write, I would say 50-50 split between my desk and my bed. And this is kind of weird, but I can't, I get distracted so easily. Oh, (laughs) that was really That was such good timing. That was, (laughs) Um, anyways. You would think that was planned. (laughs) <laughs> I scheduled that text yeah no um but I get distracted super easily so I have to put my phone in a drawer mm-hmm. and I turn off all my lights and I blast music and that's how I write the best so you don't operate in complete silence that oh no it's it's too distracting because like I hear myself breathing or whatever I don't know I get distracted too easily so I literally do have like a full-on immersion type uh, experience just are you blasting like down. are you blasting like travis scott music just wh- what kind of music <laughs> are you blasting on what i'm depends on the scene or mm-hmm. and how i'm feeling sometimes i'll do lo-fi but if i'm writing something like super emotional or intense i'll do like piano music or anime music um lo-fi irritates me really maybe that's a hot take yeah there's that there's always that stream on youtube where it's like the 24 yeah, yeah, 7 the- lo-fi thing with like the anime drawing of like the girl on the her girl. laptop yeah yeah with the cat i think you don't like it i don't i don't like credit to the 
I, I wish nothing but success for the people making lo-fi. Like I don't have a beef uh, with the lo-fi industry. It just doesn't right. do it for me. Mm. Yeah, just, I don't know. I I need <laughs> words. Oh, you need words. Yeah. Or I, silence. I like it because it doesn't have words. Because mm-hmm. the words distract me. All right. Hmm. Do you put like movie scores on ever? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, sometimes I'll just search some random playlist on Spotify and play that. Yeah, I tried listening to like movie scores, just walking to wherever. Like if I'm going on a walk outside, I'll put on a movie score. But then that uh, irritates me as well. I think I it's think cool. Be, yeah, you think it's cool, like listening to the Tenet score mm. with the just intensity of it. But then it's just irritating. It just irritates me. I don't know. I like I music. I get that though. I like, like music. If you're, if you're but, doing something like walking, I can definitely see how you'd need something with some more substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's it's more like, I guess movie scores would be more like ambient music if you're doing something that takes a lot of brain power. Yeah. Or I'll just put on a podcast in the background, like a funny podcast, and then I'll have my leg shaking to keep me like focused, I guess. And then that'll you can, keep me up. Like, what would you be working on while listening to, to a podcast? Like math, because... No way. There's no way. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not the best at math. Uh, that was a random thing to throw out there, but hey, now you know uh, to, to the people that listen to my show. But it can't be like an essay I'm writing and having, and having words, words, I guess. Yeah. Because then it's like I have two channels of words, which is confusing. But right. numbers aren't letters right so okay that's a good point actually haven't haven't Mm -hmm. tried listening to stuff with words while doing math i'll listen to something like like i'll listen to the tim dylan show which is this funny podcast that's pretty dark um i'll put that on and then it makes math like a less miserable experience Mm -hmm. yeah so so maybe that's yeah that that's my approach to listening to music and doing work but if I'm writing an essay, it's got to be in silence or else I'll just, I'll start going on Instagram. Mm, yeah. yeah. I saw you put out a video recently, or I don't know when it was, but you were talking about like how Instagram's just a black hole time sucker and you just oh, got, yeah. got rid of it off your phone. Uh, yeah, I still have, or I have it downloaded right now, but I think once in a while, I, it's good to delete it for a bit and take a break mm-hmm. because it's just so easy to get distracted by it and it's it's really bad in my case because I have like this I kind of justify it by saying oh well I'm trying to promote my YouTube channel Mm -hmm. when in reality my traffic on YouTube is coming like naturally overwhelming overwhelming majority from YouTube itself Instagram's doing practically nothing to promote it so it's just me goofing around online pretty much and I'm trying to uh, avoid doing that I was reading uh, the Four Hour Work Week by oh, is that the Tim Ferriss guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, really like that book, and um, he talks about the I forget the name of the rule, but it's like the eighty twenty rule, where eighty percent of your outcome comes from twenty percent of your effort. Hmm. I believe that's how it works. So, yeah. so, um, and I realized like I was putting such a large amount of my time into Instagram that could have easily gone into more YouTube videos which is where all of my results are coming from. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just Instagram is, it sucks, is a tricky but one for me. 
Yeah. That's the only social media thing I'm on for my podcast. Uh, I probably should post like one time a day, but most I get lost in like reading arguments in the comments section because I'm a man of the people and I have to know what, you know, people are thinking, right. That's my justification Mm -hmm. for it. But in reality, it's just like bot accounts, starting stuff and then real people going at it for like 80, 80 replies i guess they're just going in on oh, it oh yeah like those are so the easy MM- to get i'm into to. i'm into watching ufc and the mma community is brutal like mm-hmm. in the comment section it's like five clown emojis then somebody's like Fuck you then somebody's like no you know what what he did was wrong and then somebody would be like this judge sucks and then somebody would be like your mom's an idiot and so you're just like scrolling through yeah these for hours yeah and the thing about instagram is that when you open up like uh beef in the comments or you open up an argument it starts at the bottom so oh, you have I to keep that. yeah you have to keep pressing to know what's going on it's like i want i want the drama right away but maybe they, they want, want to keep you there longer yeah it's probably yeah. a strategy they know what they're doing yeah i didn't watch the social dilemma but maybe that's a part of their strategy yeah they, they talked about how it's structured to keep you on like as long as possible so that could be one of the things that they're doing because surely someone has thought it'd be more convenient to expand the entire comment replies stream yeah yeah sometimes i think about just would social media be a lot more bearable if they just got rid of comment sections i think it would it huh it's really interesting i i i think it would be a good thing but at the same time, I'm like really hesitant to say that because I love comment sections because mm-hmm. they're, just, they're just so entertaining. But especially yeah. on YouTube, like if I click on a video and it has no comments, yeah, you like feel the like comments what? are disabled. I'm like, oh, damn, <laughs> I don't get to read them because that's yeah. the first thing I do is I scroll through. So I don't know. Yeah, that's what, f- I don't even watch the video half the time. I know, right? That's crazy. <laughs> I can yeah, tell you how many how times that... I've been watching, like, I would watch a Joe Rogan clip, but then I would just scroll to the comments, and there's, like, 80 replies on one comment, and then it's just people debating about an obscure thing, and then I'm just, yeah. like, I spent 10 minutes on that instead of watching yeah. the clip. I'll yeah. pause the video and then read comments. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, re- I wonder what YouTube would be like and Instagram if they just had no comments. What do you think like, of like, oh, sorry. What? Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to change the topic, so. No, okay, change it. Who cares? Talk oh, about dinosaurs. I was, gonna say, like, I was just going to say like with Instagram, what do you think of the whole disabling the, the likes thing? I mean, I think disabling the followers is cooler, you know? Mm. That way, that ratio of like how many people you follow, there's like a lot of oh, yeah. weight that's put on that. Like you got to watch how many people you follow because it's like, if you yeah. follow a thousand people, but have 500 followers, then it's like, what are you doing, man? Get your stuff together. You got to get that cloud up. True. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the thing is like disabling the likes. I think it, it does help with some of that, but it doesn't remove it completely. And mm-hmm. people naturally compare. So I just don't know how, how much of an impact it actually has. Have they yeah. done that in Canada? Have they actually changed Instagram? They did it for a while, but it was like they were testing in their back. I don't know why we're the guinea pigs, like, you know. Huh. 
<laughs> I th- it, it was off and then it's on. I don't pay attention to it too much. Sometimes like I click how many likes there are just on a post just because I'm curious and yeah. it won't say the number. It'll just have like a list of people and sometime it'll have the number figure and then the list of people. But yeah. What do you want to talk about? What do you, what, what are um, you looking I'm, to get out of this? You know? I don't know. I'm just really curious about why you decided to start all of this. And like, um, what, what are your, your hopes for it and all that? Uh, $10 million. No, I'm kidding. Um, maybe just to build like a network of cool people and make this show a place for people to like explain what they're doing and promote what they're doing and have it be like a launching pad for interesting and cool people. That's kind of why I started. That's pretty pretty cool. This is one of my fail safe ideas that I actually followed through with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to be writing a book, but I will put out an episode on Wednesdays at 8 PM. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's also kind of, it's not as daunting. It's a bit lower effort to do a podcast in this format, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's why I started it just to like, I, I started this number one, because I listen to shows. I listen to podcasts. I want to have my own. I want to have something to like show, show off. You know what I mean? I'm 16. Mm-hmm. I have a podcast. That's something. Right. Right. Like you can say, you know, I have 13 K on YouTube. Um, I put out a book like these really impressive things. You have something to show. And that was kind of the motivation for starting this. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so you've been posting an episode every single week. Yeah. Just because at one point I would put out like three episodes a week, then one a week, then I would put out no episode at all. And I think at this point, consistency is a lot better than sporadic episodes. Mm, okay. I rather have so, like consistent output. So how did you kind of find a rhythm with it? Cause right now- I'm still finding I'm struggling- it. You're still finding it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I've been really struggling with consistency on YouTube, mm-hmm. especially with like my content, the quality of it varies a lot. So I'm trying to find like that-, that I wouldn't balance. say that. It's pretty, it's, you're pretty consistent. You have good audio quality, good camera quality. There's effort behind it. Effort is like half the battle, realistically. Mm. I wouldn't say your qual- your quality dips much, if at mm. all. Like, I, su- I I think it's more of, not really the quality of the video itself, but just- Maybe it's like your own expectations, I guess. Possibly. Like I, I did a video following Haruki Murakami's schedule challenge which yeah. did pretty well. And I know for sure that I put a lot more effort into that video than my other videos because it took course over several weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not really, I don't know. Some videos I could film and edit in one day and there's not that much planning that goes into it. So to mm-hmm. me, the quality, it, it doesn't have as much value in it. So I'm just, I yeah. don't know. I'm still figuring out what type of content I want to put out I guess yeah I want to do like a video essay kind of thing but I'm not the best at editing I don't know how I would go about doing it I don't know what I would say maybe I'll probably put one or two out this year 
maybe oh, more. Okay, that'd be awesome. Like something higher quality, less ums, less pauses, something a bit less awkward than the podcast can be at times. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That would be cool. I was actually thinking of trying out the whole video essay thing too. Mm-hmm. There's this guy I follow, Sneeko, who does, I don't I know if you've ever, seen yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of like, I don't know. You can characterize him as a bit of an edge lord, but I think that works to his advantage. I really like his videos and mm-hmm. the way he discusses um, topical things or things he's thinking about is really interesting. So I guess I could approach it like that. I'm not like, I'm not trying to like copy what influential right, right. people on YouTube are doing. I would have to find my own like voice with it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it. I have some ideas, okay, okay. but maybe I'll follow through with it. Just because there's only so much content is kind of a broad word. Uh, and in terms of diversifying content, there's not much I can do with the podcast. Like I can put out clips, I can do UFC mm-hmm. live streams. I can put out the episodes on YouTube, but aside from that, you know? Mm-hmm. So would you be making this on a separate account or? No, I would probably put it on the same one mm-hmm. just because I don't want to start up another thing again. A whole nother, yeah. Yeah, it's a headache. Yeah, I, I made that mistake actually. <laughs> yeah. I was creating a YouTube channel for my publishing house and mm-hmm. I realized that it, it was, there was kind of no point to it because people discovering it came through my main account anyway. Yeah. So it was just, it was just a. Those second business accounts never do well anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Where they put out like, it's because when you're just trying to sell something or promote something, people don't really gravitate towards that. Like it doesn't pop off as much as an original video. Mm Mm-hmm. So those are kind of like useless, as you said, or just a headache. Also, it's like managing. You've yeah, got to create yeah. a banner for it. You got to promote so it. So much, yeah. You got to yeah, edit the video it, thumbnails. It's hard enough running one brand. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got to I gotta work on like the keywords and all the boring stuff in it, like the hashtags, the search engine optimization, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's a lot to learn with it. Yeah. How did you... How did you grow out your YouTube channel to what it is now? Um, honestly, most of the growth was last month. I think I went from like four, somewhere between like four to 5,000 mm-hmm. all the way up to hitting 10K. It, I think that was last month. I don't know. It was all very recent. And it's because one, just one of my videos really blew up. I guess, at least in comparison to my other videos, it blew mm-hmm. up. It went up to, I think it's almost at 500,000 now. So mm-hmm. most of um, most of my subscribers, I think half of them are from that one video alone. Um, so it was really just luck, I guess. YouTube, they even said like in the dashboard that they were promoting that video and recommended because it was doing well. Hmm. So I think it just, it, there's a lot of it that just comes down to luck and yeah continuing to put a lot of videos out there that are good and just waiting for at least one or a few of them to take off which is bound to happen eventually if you have good quality content i think people don't talk about luck enough like successful people they're all like i grinded i never slept i put 300 hours into my business a day or something just absurd and hyperbolic but i was talking to a guy 
who had a super successful meme account and then he doesn't do okay. it anymore but mm. he was like half of it was all luck it's just people gravitate towards it and it blew up and that's that right it's just yeah i think right place right time kind of thing or the algorithm mm-hmm. is kind of the gatekeeper so right yeah for sure the algorithm plays a big role in it and i think it's a combination like you have to have a good amount of effort into the content to make it good content but after that it's kind of out of your control so Mm -hmm. it's i think there's both but Mm -hmm. it's definitely not all just your hard work because at some point you need the help of the actual platform to get you viewers yeah do you ever feel like the success you've gained is like undeserved or you're like this this feels wrong i don't know if that's called impost i don't know if that's defined as imposter syndrome like it might be i'm not really sure ah or like do you ever sometimes i feel like that just and i don't even have that much uh i don't even have that many subscribers or listeners or anything like that but even sometimes Mm -hmm. i'm like even the thought of this making it this becoming big i'm like i haven't really earned it or i haven't earned to where i'm at right now Hmm. i'm not sure if i've if I've really felt like I haven't earned it or anything, but I have felt, I guess, uh, specifically with my beta reading for my recent book, I was, I, I'm very grateful for the support and it's more of like an unexpected feeling. Like I just almost can't believe there's so many people who are willing to watch my stuff and help me out. Like I had for my most recent book, I had, um, I posted something on Instagram saying that I was looking for beta readers to read the story before it's finished editing and, you know, give me some feedback. And I had, I over a hundred people sign up. Oh, wow. And of those hundred people, I think around 50 actually finished it. And that was, that's pretty solid engagement. Yeah. It was insane to me. And I, I didn't, like I found it really hard to believe because when I did the same thing for my first book, um, when my audience was much smaller, I think I, I had to reach out to people personally and I was like fighting to get people, mm-hmm. you know? And now all I had to do was post something and everyone came to me and it, and I guess I felt, I was like really grateful, but also just shocked that, cause I didn't realize it, it didn't really occur to me that I had grown my like how do I explain this it's like I knew my audience grew but I didn't really process the numbers of Mm -hmm. like how many people and how how much they liked my content I guess to the point where they'd be willing to invest that much time for free to help me out 14,000 people is like a small town yeah it's it's crazy that when I just stop to think Mm -hmm. about it sometimes you know Cause it's really easy to just think of it as a number and you're like, Oh, they have this many and this whole comparison thing. But like, that's a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Because own. people have a million subscribers. That's crazy to think about. I, or even a hundred thousand. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That's like a country. It's, it is crazy. Yeah. I think like the, the numbers on social media, like it means a lot less when you see somebody who has like a million, 10 million, 15 million. It's just like, I have 200, you know, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm a nobody.
But when you what think you about it, it's it? like 200 is still a lot. 13,000 oh, is still right, a right. lot. Right. But in the grand scheme of things, it seems very minuscule and silly. Yeah. I don't think it's maybe I have to practice more like gratitude to the, to what mm-hmm. I've built and the people that support it and just appreciate it and continue yeah. to have like that grind and that driven mindset, but also like sit back and appreciate that, you know, people are engaging with it and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something I definitely have to work on too. And I try to remind myself like a year ago, if I were to post a video and get the type of response that I get right now, I would be like ecstatic, ecstatic. Is that mm. the word? Uh, yeah. Super, I would be super excited. Yeah. <laughs> I do that all the time. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mess up words and I've done how many episodes? Like 60. I'm, I'm, yeah. I started this episode pretty brutal, but that just goes, yeah. I don't know. Have you used a static in any of your books? No. No? I, I have a very simple vocabulary. That's good, though. You don't want to be like trying to hit the word count. Right. Yeah. I have a, um, I, I would say my writing style is very minimal. I j- just kind of get to the point. I try to. That's good though. It's like you have your fundamentals down packed and you stick to it. You know, it's like a fighter who just works the jab and has a really good jab and knows how to do a certain set of things very well. It's not a bad thing. You don't have to do like a spinning back kick all the time. Sometimes right. a jab is cool too, you know? It's a good analogy for it. Yeah. 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 Having the fundamentals is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be, I used to be kind of um, wordy because I wanted to have, I wanted to be more wordy, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's what some other people were doing. But now I've kind of come to appreciate this simple kind of writing style. And I almost do it purposefully at times where I'm cutting mm-hmm. stuff out because I want to make it simpler. So it's, you can also reach more people that way because it's less daunting you know that's true yeah and also it's just if you're writing with all these huge words you're trying to like show off basically mm. yeah that's what the, what i'm flexing your done. vocabulary i there was a time when i was like trying to incorporate more vocabulary mm-hmm. and it felt so forced mm-hmm. and i realized like i was only trying to trying to do it to show off and i didn't even know these words beforehand i was just purposefully learning new words just to use them like I, w- yeah. I would literally write a specific thing that I, I didn't need to write, but I added it in there because I wanted to use this word. It was just mm-hmm. really stupid. Yeah, I do that in essays sometimes. I'll oh, just okay. add bigger yeah. words or you add bigger words and makes it look more bulky. You right. reiterate what you said in a sentence just to like, you're reinforcing the idea. I'm pretty good. Like it's one of my skills is uh, the, is like, and, uh, and, writing and stuff like that and restating the same points yeah yeah and just different ways and right using big words Mm -hmm. I just I my friend and I were joking on it because we had to like collaborate on a big assignment and he's like you do the writing stuff because you just make it sound a lot more interesting than it is people do that on resumes it's like I was a cashier I was an attendant at a local uh shop I had to manage communication with multiple people in the store it's like just you're, right you're you work the cash register you mm-hmm. know 
No disrespect to cashiers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How have you been dealing with this pandemic? Um, for me, it's been all right. I'm, it's kind of helped me be more creative, I guess, because I'm kind of just at home a lot. So I've been yeah. doing a lot more writing than I usually have. So it hasn't been too bad. Mm-hmm. How about you? Um, it's just life is unnatural, you know, shouldn't be like this. I, I didn't anticipate it. We would still be in this a year. Uh, oh, me neither. Yeah. Remember when it was two weeks, two weeks to flatten the curve. It's like, it's very discouraging. And you look ahead and you're like, when's this going to end? Uh, I'm not very optimistic, maybe cautiously optimistic, but yeah, I, there's just so many unknowns. I yeah. just, yeah, I, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but without the pandemic, I wouldn't have started this, you know? Mm, yeah. I would have been, I don't know, doing whatever, just continuing how I lived pre-pandemic, just focusing yeah. on school more than anything. Like school would just be my main focus with my hobbies on the side. Right. Yeah. This yeah. has kind of opened up my time a bit. Yeah. I would say the same for me. Like as mm-hmm. much as the pandemic sucks and all of that, it's still helped me creatively. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you this because in your videos, you're pretty open. Like what's your perspective on being vulnerable? Uh, oh, on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah. Worry oh my about gosh. Oversharing and I love this topic. Okay. That's a perfect topic. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm like really skeptical of the whole like being vulnerable thing. Mm-hmm. Just because like I feel like it's it's almost become like this essential advice for if you're going to run or create a personal brand online where it's like you have to be vulnerable if you want people to to like your stuff. And I just don't I've kind of fallen into the trap before, not really on YouTube. I'm pretty comfortable with the stuff I've shared on YouTube, but like with Instagram or something, like posting something that um, that's kind of more personal to me and then regretting it later. I don't feel like people should post stuff on the internet about their personal lives if they are not comfortable sharing it just because they think it's going to help them be more relatable Mm -hmm. or something. Like people talk about this whole thing of like the highlight reel where Mm -hmm. social media is just your happy moments. And I don't think it's people's responsibility to post the sucky parts about their life just so that other people don't feel insecure. That's a good take. Like people should, people should know beforehand that when they're looking at an influencer or someone who doesn't really post about the vulnerable stuff, they should know that their life isn't actually that way. It should be I don't think the responsibility should be on the influencer themselves. I don't think there should be this pressure that people need to share the bad parts of their life so that other people don't feel bad. That's just Mm. my take on it. I get it. I see. I'm on reels a lot just because uh, Instagram is very effective at, you know, stealing your time. And I just see like kids my age, they're making funny content, but it's like, if you're applying for a job, and somebody Mm. sees this it's like they're gonna look at you differently even if the thing was funny and I just like people make um you know those kind of dirty jokes Mm -hmm. and it's like you're oversharing you know you don't just just keep it to yourself kind of thing for your own good 
Like you might get a hundred thousand right. likes, but it's not going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. Especially when yeah. all of like the meme accounts pick it up and you can't control where it goes. That's true. I. That's wild. That's the that's a wild yeah. thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I mean for the influencers who, people making content where they like like really genuinely don't care about that sharing sharing that kind of stuff then cool for them i guess you gotta be all in the benefit the benefits of doing that Mm. but i don't think that it's something that should be praised exactly because it's almost praised online where it's like oh yeah thank you for being so open with us but like i don't know yeah yeah i feel the same way i just it's awkward. Like, I just, I want to stick to doing the episodes, but I don't want to tell you about like what I do on a daily basis. I'm not going to be like, Hey, here's a day in my life vlog on reels or right. IGTV. I'm not going to do that. It's just like, mm-hmm. I feel like we've lost some boundaries in yeah, online life. Sure. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to know about your, but at the same time, it's like that oversharing could mean like somebody else's morale is boosted. So this is just yeah. an opinionated guy's take that that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think it depends on your your personal boundaries, I guess. Like, yeah. People should analyze at what point they're comfortable, like what stuff they're comfortable sharing and whatnot. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. if you're comfortable sharing like stuff about mental health, you know, your own health, right. your life, and that's, you know, helping other people and you feel comfortable doing that, I can't really, I just get like, Mm-hmm. the kids my age and stuff like that and I guess your age as well you're not that much older than me I don't know why I made it yeah. sound like you're 50 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh when they make like just edgy stuff you know mm-hmm. I just right. like are you completely thinking about yeah. what you're doing yeah. you know yeah I get that people should I think people should put more thought into it yeah it's become so normalized to just share whatever now yeah yeah people are i don't know it's weird do you think we'll go like do you think people are gonna back off from social media or is it just gonna be like we're fully in the technological age there's no going back i i find that really tricky i think Mm -hmm. it i like to believe that it may reach a point where it gets so bad that there's almost this whole like movement to pull away from it because there's kind of a little bit of that now with the whole you know people are deleting social media and trying these timer apps and stuff I just don't know if at some point it's going to become so normalized that no one even thinks to do those things Mm -hmm. or if it's good I I don't know I feel like it could go either way yeah but I it's conflicting to me because I'm in some ways kind of anti-social media not but it's exactly, like your whole brand. That's the problem. A, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's weird. And I, I was reading an article, actually, and they were talking about how YouTube, out of all the social media platforms, is the healthiest. Because really? Most, that's what the article <laughs> said. I actually believe that. I feel like it's the other. The, the other ones me. must be pretty awful. Actually, yeah, YouTube's pretty solid. Because it's a majority of If you don't read comments and, is, and yeah is goes into the actual creating of the video itself or watching the video or it should mm-hmm. at least and yeah you have comments but it's still not the same as instagram where notifications are like so fast and it's easy to go people from don't turn off another. notifications some people don't know that's 
that's crazy i have i have all of mine off and it's still so yeah. distracting i can't imagine having them off. yeah but um for me it's yeah, like I looking f- at the direct message and you see you have like one like oh, i know people who have like eight open one. it's like you got to get rid of it you just yeah, even arb on it like hey just get rid of it clear it off mm-hmm. because it's like a task it's like checking your emails it's mm-hmm. become very i don't know it just becomes like a repetitive motion and it's not fun it's like stressful more than yeah. anything Mm-hmm. yeah another yeah. like do you get added into like those uh bot chats uh yeah sometimes yeah these bots are freaking relentless <laughs> chill out man and it's always disappointing because you see like a request and deep down inside you're hoping that you know someone's like hey i like your stuff or you know hey can i come on the show but then it's just like nine requests from these bots <laughs> yeah. it's almost discouraging but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i wanted to, pain to do with. yeah i wanted to ask you about your decision not to go to university because we were talking about vulnerability a little bit mm-hmm. that was something pretty bold to put out there mm-hmm. like are you still processing that decision like are you still like whoa um, that's pretty bold or do you think you're like no, past I'm, it and you're like i'm fully past it now mm-hmm. i'm very confident with my choice at the moment and things have been going pretty well so it's it's been good Mm -hmm. um but yeah I didn't really find that too personal to share especially because I guess my um my desire to potentially help someone who's struggling with the same thing was like the strongest force that led me to make that video Mm -hmm. yeah I think that was the best one of the best takes I've heard about like not doing school or not going that path because a lot of times it can just mm. be like school man you know I hate the system man but yours was like well reasoned and I respected I that so. I appreciate it yeah because you were also talking about like how most of the time these stu- like in these videos people are talking about how they were a terrible student and it wasn't going well for them anyways and then they just decided to take that leap and take the risk. But right. it's weird being a good student and getting good grades. Yeah, that's why it's, I really wanted to real, make it. Yeah. 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 Like that's, I do fairly well. I'm not like, mm-hmm. I don't get 99s, but right. I'm, I get consistent, solid grades, you know? I'm like, mm-hmm. nothing to flex. But it's weird to like resent a system that rewards you. It is, yeah. When you're when you're getting completely shit on every day by you know teachers or not to say that teachers are bullies, but like your grades aren't good and it wasn't going well uh, for you anyways, it's easier to make that leap. Yeah. So I feel like it's mm-hmm. it's an even bigger risk for like someone like you, but it seems to be paying off. So credit to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely that definitely made it harder. The fact that. I was so I was almost attached to school because I would try hard I would get good grades and it was like this whole like reward cycle over and over again and it's I I like didn't want to leave it because I was doing well but eventually I realized that this would be a good choice for me it was challenging but I'm happy with it yeah and your take on studying business is solid like business is just one of those things where it's like how do you study business? Yeah. It's like, you got to do business. Exactly. And yeah. I took a marketing class. Didn't really do much for me. No, it's the biggest, 
mm-hmm. fugazi class there is any business class it's like how are you gonna it's like i took an entrepreneurship class teacher mm-hmm. delightful class great don't get me wrong but it's like how do you teach entrepreneurship in a classroom that makes no sense you got to do it right yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. i think a lot of times school can feel very transactional especially with like I feel like the best teachers I've had are the ones that put learning first and grades second. Because when you have a teacher that puts grades first, it just becomes very unnatural. It's like I like me liking you or my experience with you is predicated on an arbitrary number you gave me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this it's it's complicated because I get that there needs to be some way to to value how much learning has been made through mm. grades through some kind of number system i i get why that's help, very helpful to have but at the same time it can also really distract from the actual learning aspect mm. so it's it's tricky mm-hmm. i don't really know what the solution is there yeah yeah everyone drop out resent the system no i don't know uh i think most people aren't bold enough to completely abandon it or try to like revolutionize anything i think most people are just comfortable so i don't know if Mm -hmm. education will change much but hopefully it will like my big beef with it is that like i'll be going to university i say this like i'll study something useful i'm not going to study like art (laughs) you know no disrespect to the art majors that may listen to this but yeah uh I don't know. It, it, I have a tricky relationship with education, but mm. yeah. It's a relationship where I put a lot more thought into education than it does to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. It's a very toxic... No, I'm kidding. So what are you but thinking yeah. about the, your whole college situation? Uh, I'm going to go into like something more STEM-like you know? Um, but yeah, I'm just evaluating my options, keeping courses that like, keep it open. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking at it right now, you know? Okay. Yeah. But you're fully going to Spain. And I respect that. That's a ballsy move. That's like, I respect, I respect ballsy decisions and people who follow through with that and are successful with it. Well, hopefully it goes well. Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know. I feel like it will. You you seem to have the drive and you're truly passionate about it. So, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your next book? Um, sure. What that's been like and what it's about and when it's coming sure. out. Sure. Um, yeah, I started writing it last year in April, I believe, a couple months after I published my first book, I was already over it, working on a Mm -hmm. new story. Um, And I'm currently editing, it's going to be released July 10th of this year. So this summer, really excited about it. And the cover Mm -hmm. reveal, the cover's out, you can find it on my Instagram. Um, But yeah, the story is is a sci-fi thriller and follows Jackie Mendoza. She's a 16 year old sophomore in high school. And she finds this mysterious app on her phone that threatens the lives of two students who go to her school. 
So that's the general storyline. And it's been it's cool. really fun because my, um, my first book was this, it, it kind of took place in this town trapped in time. So it was very, wasn't much technology going on, very, um, wasn't modern. It's kind of an old fashioned set type story. So this has been super technology based and it's been fun to write. Mm. How I want to ask you about like developing characters. Mm-hmm. Do, does like your main character or a side character have to be somewhat similar to you or do you feel comfortable writing about a person that has nothing to do with you in one like do you have to aspect, see yourself in the care as the character yes i do all of my characters i would say have at least one thing mm-hmm. in common with me or if, even if it's not in common with me directly it's it's something I've wondered, like, for example, I wrote this kind of class clown bully type character. Um, and I always want it that I don't really relate to that character or see myself in that character. But there have been times where I'd wondered what it would be like if I acted that way, like how Mm -hmm. I would be in that situation. So I do need to be able to kind of project myself into the characters. Um, I would say for most of my main characters, I start with one thing that I really relate to. So just one common trait. And then from there it branches off until it's definitely not me, but I still have that sort of core thing that I can relate to. Mm -hmm. What do your friends and family think about you writing? Uh, I'm not friends with many readers and my family doesn't really read. It's, they (laughs) fully, they fully support me. They like what I do. But most of them do not read my stuff. Are they like, I'll wait for uh, the audiobook? <laughs> yeah, wait for, yeah, exactly. Or they'll wait for the movie, which who knows if that'll ever happen. Maybe. <laughs> I, I appreciate the support. Yeah. But yeah, they'll, they'll buy my book, but who knows if they read them, you know? Yeah. But I'm, I'm, that's why the, uh, the whole online community has been so crazy to me because I guess that's where I get most of my feedback. And, you know, that's where the people who actually read my book are. So YouTube and Instagram have been really nice to like mm-hmm. know that there's people who support and appreciate the work. Yeah. Do you, are you going to put out an audiobook? I've thought about it. I've, I've considered um, recording my own. That seems like a lot of work, but maybe. I've also played around with the idea because I, I filmed these like book trailers for my books yeah, as well, I, which I, has I, been really I've fun. So I've thought of being kind of um, trying just testing it out for like the first chapter where I have, this is a weird idea. I've never shared it. I don't know if I'll do it, but I almost have like this interactive audiobook, I guess, where I add sound effects and um, potentially music and have voice actors hmm. come in for the different characters. Not really sure how that would go. <laughs> I think that can be creative. That can be really cool if done right. But I think like a sound effect in the background could be weird. <laughs> Maybe like a backtrack would be cool. Like some ambient stuff. Right. But you just have an explosion in the background. That's kind of funny. (laughs) I'm just picturing like pew, pew, pew. (laughs) Right. It would be, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how how it would work, but But like potentially. Having it more immersive with like different people reading could be interesting. But it's also a lot Mm -hmm. to edit and stuff. Yeah, that's why I was thinking of just testing it out for maybe I would only do it for the first chapter. It wouldn't be like for the entire book. 
who knows yeah like a preview but thing I, yeah yeah because okay there a lot of authors when they release a book they'll read like the first chapter and i did that with my last book i was thinking oh it's kind of boring to just watch someone read it's kind of awkward <laughs> so i mm-hmm. thought like maybe trying to spice up that type of video so mm-hmm. we'll see yeah okay i i don't know if you want to talk about this but you've okay. made a video about it it was the book that you put out when you were 12 or 13 yeah what was that like how did you do it why did you do it mm-hmm. i started writing that book when i was 10 wow. and then i published it when i was 13 and it was not good it was i still have some physical copies I, i'll skim through it once in a while it was <laughs> it was not great i didn't do any editing at all it was oh like okay wrote, so it's like one yeah. shot fiction yeah Pretty much, yeah. It's like a like a Wattpad, look, like yeah. What is Wattpad? Wattpad? I hear people. Oh, use- <laughs> uh, Wattpad is like this. It's a website where people post their stories, but they post chapter by chapter. So okay. typically, they're like first draft quality books. Although there are okay. some higher quality ones on there, and it's it's known for very like stereotypical stories um kind of cringy uh yeah yeah is it like but, fan I mean, fiction stuff there's a lot of fan fiction as oh, well okay. there That's are some original stories but there's i would say there's a huge emphasis on fan fiction as well yeah yeah um so that's, it was that's pretty... a... fanfic is weird i just i can't imagine <laughs> writing like putting that much effort into writing something i Although, yeah i yeah I don't know. I did do some fan fiction back in the you day. You did? About what? I, what was it? Um, My Hero Academia. Oh, you're into anime? I, I was more back then. I don't really watch it anymore. Yeah. But I was kind of a weeb for a couple of years there. Uh, I kind of trash on anime, but I haven't watched it. But <laughs> okay. I can't get into TV shows to be like any TV show to right now. So mm-hmm. I haven't been watching much of anything either. Yeah. It's just YouTube and <laughs> MMA content. That's That's kind of it. Mm-hmm. do you watch your own videos back or do you like cringe at your own work um i i watch my most recent videos mm-hmm. not videos like when i post a video and i'm going to scroll through my comments or like replying to people or whatever i'll like play my video um mm-hmm. in the background while i'm doing that and i'm usually like still really excited about the video and like what i made but by the time i post the next video when I go back to the one I posted, like even just right before that one, it's cringe. So I I watch my most mm-hmm. recent video and that's it. Hmm. But like every time you put out a video, that's your most recent video. So you do watch your stuff? Yeah. I. What I mean is like, I, I don't rewatch older content. Oh, okay. I just watch my, you don't go on whenever like I post something new, I don't watch anything before mm-hmm. it. Hmm. So it's like you respect the fact that it's there, but you're not going to look at it and you just kind of like hope that, you know, it ages well. In fact, well. I, yeah, pretty much. Once in a while, I'll click on something old. I don't like to do it because, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. But I'll, I'll click on something and I literally don't remember anything I say in it or what I, what's even in the video. Like, I've, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really weird thing. Yeah. I can't listen back to my old episodes just because there's too many of them and they're too long. Right. But... I don't know. Hopefully they age well. I used to do like super vibrant 
uh, I don't know if you ever look back at my old episodes. Um, I don't even look back at much of my own, my super old episodes, but I used to do like these colorful trippy outlines as like the border oh, like, for each episode. Thumbnails? No, I ended up changing all the thumbnails oh. for my, all my library of episodes, but like on the video episodes, it would, there'd be like wavy trippy artwork. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I just had, I got rid of it. Yeah, because I'm not a very trippy, like, person. I can't, I feel like it's inauthentic to have, like, psychedelic artwork on your thing. And it's like, I'm 16, you know? Like, it's just, it's not who I am. So now I just have, like, basic borders, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting to see how videos evolve and, like, the style, for sure. mm -hmm. How content evolves and things like that, yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I think about and I don't know. I'm thinking like, should I make this more professional? Should I keep it the way it is? Should I condense it? Should I make it longer? Should I prep more? Mm. You know? Yeah, I it can know. go so many different directions. Yeah. Do you think I should prep more? Maybe. Um, no, it depends on the vibe you're going for. That's the thing. Because mm-hmm. like people want different things. Some people yeah. might w- not want to listen to something that's more structured. Mm-hmm. I've been recently like throwing questions. I like, I'll throw a question out, then we'll talk about whatever. And then I'll throw a question out and then I'll bring it back to a question. And then sometimes it's just randomness for a while. Sometimes it's more condensed and structured, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we've been rolling for an hour now. I don't want to keep you too long. <laughs> Hopefully you've enjoyed this. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, do you have anything to shout out? um i don't think so i'm yeah. on youtube and instagram Melton yeah and link will it. be in the description below thank you for coming on the show i appreciate it yeah. thank uh you. if you're listening to this subscribe to the youtube channel check the show out on spotify and any audio platform of your choice and tune in every wednesday at 8 p.m thanks guys take care bye